0: This episode of Spooning with Mark Wogan is proudly sponsored by Gressingham Duck. I'm always looking for new creative ways to elevate my everyday meals, and it feels only fair to share with my lovely listeners one of my favorites. Gressingham Duck is the essential ingredient for anyone who is looking to make restaurant standard meals with minimal effort. For my fellow culinary enthusiasts, or even total beginners who are looking to level up their home cooking, Gressingham Duck, premium products, are total game changers. Whether it's for a busy weekday night or a leisurely weekend, you too can dine in with Duck. It's the best way to make a delicious meal in a matter of minutes, and trust me when I say, your taste buds will be thanking you. You can get your hands on the goods by simply heading to your nearest supermarket today. Oh, and don't forget, you can also go to gressinghamduck.co.uk and download your free recipe booklet for cooking inspiration and recipe ideas that's gressinghamduck.co.uk hello and welcome to spooning with me mark wogan each week i'm joined here at the mount street restaurant by a very special guest who will be trying the food they say they love and the food that they think they hate. The difference is they will be blindfolded. Taking on the Spoons this week, my very special guest is celebrating 30 years since she signed her first record deal. She's done 10 tours... She's been in 12 musicals, including The Bodyguard and Sister Act. She's got a new single out called Unprepared for You from her album, The Fifth Chapter. She's also a doctor. She's also an MBE. But to you and me, she is the wonderful Beverly Knight. Welcome, <laughs> Beverly.
1: Hello. Welcome to
0: Spooning. Thank you for coming along.
1: Oh, it's a pleasure.
0: It's lovely to have you here.
1: It's so good to be here.
0: Well, you haven't eaten everything yet. Let's see how it goes.
1: I'm about to eat, so that makes it brilliant. We will will feed you.
0: (laughs) Now, obviously, prior to coming on the Mm. show, our guests fill out a little questionnaire about their food loves, their food hates, Mm -hmm. all that sort of thing. And there is obviously a really heavy influence in your answers around Jamaican food. Yes. Tell us yeah. a little bit about that, because I don't know a lot about Jamaican food, and there's certain terms that you're using, like a bammy.
1: Oh, yeah. OK. <laughs> <laughs> Tell,
0: what is a bammy?
1: A bammy is typically eaten at breakfast, and it's made from cassava flour, which is pounded mm. with milk and made into like a pancake Pancake is that a word? Yeah, no. If, 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 if you're lacking
0: an adjective, add a
1: Y. Add a Y. We're adding a Y. Pancake y <laughs> style, <laughs> a round, you know, flat, uh, still thickish, mm. you know, got some size on it.
0: So, like an American buttermilk pancake or different?
1: Sort of, actually, a bit sort of heavier because cassava has got that weight and to
0: it. I have to say, my experience of Jamaican food or Caribbean food as a whole is it's definitely filling. You're not left hungry.
1: You will not be hungry at the end of any Jamaican meal. It's working people's food. So,
0: Tell me this. This is the question that a lot of my guests have difficulty answering. Was your mum a good cook? Yes. Ah, you see, no hesitation. No. Because if your mum isn't a good cook, to then admit it can be a little bit difficult. (laughs) Uh, my mum was a fantastic cook, so mm-hmm. we grew up with amazing food. Yeah. But there was one or two combinations mm. that you talked about in your questionnaire that I thought were questionable, right? Oh, go on. And I've attempted it based on one of your mother's recipes. I've got it down here.
1: Oh, my God. This is going to be classic.
0: <laughs> you had it as your guilty pleasure, ah. which, which was your mother's trifle. Now, yes. I've I've done my own interpretation. Now, I, given the ingredients, I couldn't ask the chef Jamie Shears here mm-hmm. to cook that, right? Because we've got some Hartley's jelly on the bottom.
1: Excellent. In
0: there is a raspberry Swiss roll.
1: Excellent.
0: Topped with strawberry angel delight. Yes. And that, in the night household, that is what passed for a trifle, is it?
1: That's what we'd have, and then you know, and then she'd have the the cream as well.
0: Oh, no, I forgot the cream.
1: Yeah.
0: Look, I put posh chocolate shavings posh on the. Posh
1: chocolate t- shavings, we never had that. Come
0: on, should we dig in?
1: Let's do it. Right, oh so my
0: God. I, I've never had this, and I want to know how close to the original I've got here. Okay. So you go first. I will
1: tell you. I will get, tell make you. Make sure
0: you get some of the Swiss roll as well. Get, oh, where, get, where Just where dig is around it? in it. It's in there. It's all in there.
1: I will find this Swiss roll. I'm going to find this Swiss roll. It's the last thing I do. Mm <laughs> hmm. Mm.
0: Now, is it close to the original? Would your mother approve? Oh yeah. Am I close? I'm going to try this because I I haven't. haven't...
1: But this is how we had it, and this is how we've always had it. So
0: this this is this is proper
1: brum trifle. Yeah, (laughs) Wolverhampton via Jamaica. My old Dolores, my mum will be well chuffed with
0: this. Oh, you know what? She's not bad actually.
1: Mm. See?
0: you forget how good Angel Delight is. See now, my brother
1: I is obsessed
0: with butterscotch angel delight.
1: It's the one. It is the and, one. And yeah,
0: when I um when I went and bought the angel oh. delight, I actually bought him two packets of butterscotch, which I'll be giving him later. <laughs> so that that yeah. you, that you had down as your guilty pleasure. So
1: Absolutely. Imagine a house full of people. Always full of people. Oh. Because that's the Jamaican way. You but don't you just cook for. You come from a for... big
0: family as well.
1: Though. I come from my immediate family isn't so big. Look at me with the spoon ready to go again. Just going, um, keep going. My immediate family is uh, my older sister Cynthia, me, my younger brother Adrian, mum, dad. Mm-hmm. Dad sadly has passed on, and then you know my sisters married, my brothers married. They've got children, so there's a lot of us there. But then my mum has got a lot of brothers and sisters yes. um so Sounds when we all get to together family. yeah yeah we'll get together it's a hell of a lot of yeah, folks
0: mum's mum's from a family of eight yeah yeah mm-hmm. so i have so i've got on her side i've got 21 first cousins irish right. irish catholics you see
1: and you see and the jamaicans so similar like mm. the similarities are crazy yeah Ridiculously. I mean, not,
0: not so much rampant alcoholism as there are in <laughs> Irish Catholic families, but you know, <laughs> you've, no. you've, got, you've, got more, you've got more sunshine, you've got more ways of relaxing. Yeah,
1: exactly. <laughs> but yeah, the, the family dynamic, big. Yeah. And if mum hasn't done one of her classic trifles, which she is, you know, this is a really good. Go at it. Good. Then then I like it. it's a good go. It, it's a
0: good. It's close good, but no yeah. cigar. It's yeah. it's
1: it's close. It's hey mum, but it's close.
0: What you're saying is I should have had some piped cream, or would it? Is it squirty squirty can cream?
1: No, um, the the piped proper, pipes, proper pipe proper. You know the stuff. proper
0: proper pipe stuff.
1: Because you know, Delores thinks she's posh. So well, <laughs> she's allowed yeah, to be. She, absolutely.
0: Yeah. Now. Going back a little bit, you don't drink. No. You had an early experience with alcohol that put you off forever. Forever. I had lots of experiences of alcohol that then proved I couldn't do it anymore. Mm-hmm. So as both non-drinkers, your favourite yeah. drink is tea.
1: Oh, my gosh. I love me tea.
0: What eat. is the perfect cup of tea for you?
1: I like a proper, strong brew. So don't put loads and loads of milk in it my my nightmare tea is when it's looking gray you know you know yeah. when people have them charts and they're like on a scale of one to nine <laughs> one being like really really dark and mm. nine being Just basically anemic joke absolute joke you know milk mm. you've shown it the tea back i would be maybe three or four like a strong brew.
0: Yeah. You see, I, I always used to have it slightly more milky. Oh, yeah. But then my wife, who I was with for a number of years, mm. then admitted to me that she hated the tea that I made for her. She goes, it's too much milk it."
1: Too much milk.
0: Yeah.
1: My grandma liked a milky tea. My grandma would have been on your side. But
0: my dad used to, used to describe it, as it needs to be strong enough to trot a mouse across it.
1: That's right. Come on.
0: <laughs> but, <laughs> but 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 uh, tea isn't something I enjoyed as a kid. I, d- I didn't come to tea until I was, I was basically older. Middle oh, okay. age and tea came to me. It's like I like a cup of tea in the afternoon, not in the morning. I'm a coffee man in the morning.
1: Oh, you see, I'm not coffee at all.
0: Well, you've got quite a lot of energy anyway. I've, got,
1: I've got loads of energy. So. I mean, that is the one
0: thing you are definitely not short of. Mm-mm, and, if we, no, and if we look at what, you know, this year looks like for you. <laughs> yes. So was it 11th of March? You go into Sister Act,
1: go into Sister Act, do Sister Act. And that's
0: eight performances a week. That's right? all
1: of them. Every single show. I will be there. No doubt.
0: My wife, as you know, is a singer. Yes. And, and has backed for you in the past. Yes. Years and years ago on dad's dad show Weekend Wogan. Yeah. She was one of the backing singers. Nothing to do with me. She got it on her own, man. <laughs> one of the questions she had, she goes, oh, she goes, I've got so many questions I want you to ask Beverly. i got so many questions. <laughs> what do you drink before you perform? Or what do you avoid before you perform?
1: Avoid is a good one. This would not be something I'm laughing before I open my mouth We're to sing. We're not going to
0: get any singing out of her today because cause she's had the trifle.
1: Exactly. Or you will. And I'll be coughing and blowing my nose constantly. Anything dairy is going to produce mucus. You just don't want that when you're singing. You're going to be clearing your throat. The, the notes are going to be all froggy sounding. Not going to happen so i don't do dairy and nothing that's going to dry oh, me out
0: your froggy is someone else's exceptional let's be clear <laughs> you know the rest of us when i'm froggy you don't even want to listen when you're froggy everyone's still like oh my god she's amazing
1: but it would annoy me and if it annoys me it means i'm not giving my best performance when it
0: comes to your voice yeah are you a perfectionist yes yeah because i noticed this with susan it's like i'm listening to it and I'm going, oh, that's lovely. And it makes me fall in love with her more. Mm-hmm. Right? She then stops singing and goes, oh, that was rubbish. I'm like, what, what are you talking about? <laughs> it's beautiful.
2: You, no, know, you be have right.
0: a talent. So how do you look after it? If you're doing eight performances a week, mm-hmm. do, you, do you have a warm-up? Do you have anything like that that you do? Or is it just this? Because you obviously have yeah. such a natural, incredible talent. Can you just turn it on like that? or
1: I can. But the voice operates any voice, even mm. someone who can just... And it's there. The voice operates best when it's at its warmest, mm. you know, when the vocal folds, which are a muscle, mm. are warmed up. So I wouldn't go for, I don't know, a song like I Will Always Love You from mm. The Bodyguard. Mm. I wouldn't do that. Straight off the bat. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, this just... Nah. No, do gonna... you warm up
0: by singing or is it kind of vocal exercises? It's
1: vocal it? exercises, but if I'm, you know, in a formal setting. But at home, mm. I mean I sing every single day. Mm. There isn't a day of my life that I can remember where I haven't sung. I've sung every single day. Well I mean so you I'll... started
0: as a kid in church. Yeah. And and yeah. therefore it was very much part of a faith and and therefore part of you from a really early age.
1: Yeah. But the singing came before I was even aware of what this Christian thing that Mm. my mum and dad, you know, followed religiously. Mm -hmm. I wasn't even aware of it, so I just sang. I sang before I could form words. I was always musical. Mm. And I go through my entire life like that. I wake up in the morning, I start singing. Not because I must sing, it's the morning, I must warm up my voice. No, I just... It's what I do. There's a, I usually wake up with some song in my head. Yesterday, I woke up with Peter Gabriel's, you know, that Games Without Frontiers. Mm-hmm. Why? Why did that? I have no idea, hadn't heard it on the radio. It just was in my head, so I started to sing it. That's and, typically and, me. And,
0: and the annoying thing is for anyone else who sings, nailing it first time.
1: Singing is about delivering a message. I learned that at the earliest stage. Because of church, yeah. my whole purpose it drilled into me, the, the, the minister would be like, you know, and now young sister Beverly is gonna sing for the Lord and up I'd get and I'd be there with my hymn book or my words or whatever it was. And I'm delivering God's message mm. to the congregation. And I learned that that is the key, because the the other things I didn't need to worry about, for some reason, this gift of music and the technical ability had already fallen into my lap at birth. So I didn't have to worry about, is that note right, is that note right? I knew it was instinctively what I had to understand. And, and And just lucky, you know, I learned that at about age four or five, why I'm singing these things, what's behind it? And it's the what's behind it that is the connector. Mm. And once you understand that, you're good.
0: But that takes takes an intelligence as well as, you know, an emotional intelligence as well as as a skill.
1: There's a lot of empathy. Good singers are empathetic people.
0: Yeah. So you, as we've discussed, you started out in the church and it was essentially doing God's work through the medium of,
1: yeah. of,
0: of of music. Yeah. Do you still have an element of that you're doing God's work now because of that connection that you can make with people? Is is that still part of your life, or have you, you, have you sort of chosen a different it's, path? It's
1: It's the connection, and it's God in the sense of, if you think the universe, mm. whatever this universal pull is that mate that connects humans together. That is where I'm singing. That's my yeah. source. Yeah. So it's not so much religion. Although, when I go to church, on oh, the rare occasion, mm. I'll put my mm. head into church, you know, wedding, funeral, something mm. like that.
0: Are yeah, you always asked to sing?
1: Always. <laughs> I couldn't tell you the last wedding since I was about 12 that I've been to. But I haven't sung. I've sung at every single solitary wedding I've ever attended. Whether it's formally or whether it's after everyone's gone, we sing. Yeah. Come on, babe. You know who you want to. Go yeah. on. Yeah.
2: <laughs> A new year is full of surprises, but one thing is always predictable. Postage costs go up. For a special offer that includes a four-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's
0: stamps.com code program. I just want to take a minute to quickly chat to you about our lovely sponsor of today's episode, Spooning with Me, Mark Wogan. And that is Gressingham Duck. Picture this. It's date night. And you are looking to impress that special someone with a meal that is both elegant and delicious. Or maybe you've got the in-laws round for Sunday lunch and you think it's time to pull out all the stops. Well, thanks to Gressingham Duck, you have no need to worry. Their fantastic array of products deliver exceptional flavors and the best quality every single time. And it couldn't be easier to put it all together. The whole range can be paired with a huge variety of sides and sauces to suit anyone's preferences and ensure that you leave your dinner guests feeling wowed. If you need a little inspiration to unleash your inner chef, then head over to www.gressinghamduck.co.uk today and you can download your free recipe booklet for the whole load of tasty recipe ideas to suit any occasion. That's www.gressinghamduck.co.uk. It's time. Okay. To put on the blindfold.
1: Oh my God! Here we go.
0: So we've got you got a nice one with eyelashes. We thought that one would.
1: Yeah, good. that that's a so bit of me.
0: What I'm going to do okay. is I'm going to ask you to put that on. Okay. And I am going to serve you the first spoon. This is based on the answers to your questionnaire and the chef here, Jamie at the Mount Street restaurant.
1: Okay. Has
0: created this spoon for you. Open wide. <laughs> there we go. And you just got to tell me what flavours you're getting, what you're experiencing, what textures. Mm.
1: So the first thing I did was sniff. Mm -hmm. And I was
0: like, that's curry. You love a curry. Mm. You love spice. You claim your jerk chicken is better
1: than anybody else's. My jerk is damn good. That is curryful gorgeousness. Got slightly kind of an Indian kind of vibe to it. And it's slightly sweet. Which is where the the, the the Indian
0: could you recognize nuts. could you recognize the protein Do you know what the protein is
1: It tasted like it either goat or mutton. Close. Whip
0: the blindfold off. Whip Go it off. On. Go on. That was Jamie's lamb curry with his Brick Lane curry sauce. So ah. you were right. It is an Indian-inspired secret. Yeah, you're showing a good palate there. <laughs> <laughs> you know to recognise the difference between Jamaican curry or Indian curry and the oh, different yeah. spices. You know, because yeah, a lot of people just assume curry, but they're all very no, different totally, and subtle. Oh, totally,
1: totally. So you different. like that?
0: Would you eat the second spoon?
1: I absolutely would. It was really delicious.
0: Good. So yeah. he succeeded there.
1: Yeah, that was great.
0: Now, I want to go back a bit? Yeah. To you were nineteen mm-hmm. when you signed your first record deal.
1: I was 19 when I was approached. Right. I was approached, and that was the beginning of the process. Mm. I actually signed it when I was 21 coming 22. Right. Yeah, that was when I
0: literally... And then how long between then and there did it take for you to get a hit?
1: Well, the very first thing I put out was a song called Flavour of the Old School, Mm -hmm. which was an underground smash (laughs) I'm proud to say so it was an R&B number one record number one in all the club charts and and all of that mainstream wise commercially (laughs) flatline but that was not what it was intended to do Mm. I was just delighted because everywhere I went in the clubs and every kind of specialist radio station and specialist shows were playing flavour of the old school and it was on every single New Jack Swing compilation known to man. So no,
0: I, so right. I mean, I'm old enough to remember it. But <laughs> uh, but nowadays, yeah. you wouldn't have got that stretch with a record company to allow you to develop as an artist, would you?
1: Nope, not at all. The, the whole idea of starting, developing, you got a hit, it's... It's doing well in this area. It's done nothing over here, but it's doing well here. Okay, let's build on that. Let's keep building, you know, over the time. Mm. Gone doesn't happen ever, as far as I can see.
0: So in that respect, the industry was better back then in terms of it allowed artists to develop and cultivate. But -hmm. there's been a bit of stuff in the news of late about sexism within the industry and I know that my wife when she was trying mm-hmm. to kind of develop her career mm-hmm. experienced a lot of that or perhaps yep. unnecessary approaches or certain attitudes. Yes. You know, did did you experience a lot Absolutely. of that?
1: Absolutely. I don't know a single female artist, not one, who hasn't had that. Which is horrible. Mm. It's horrible. With me, the way it manifested itself was the idea that I wouldn't be capable of writing a song. Mm. <laughs> Insane. But then you think about it and you think, well... You f-
0: started writing at 13 years but old. I was, yeah,
1: exactly. Yeah. I was always writing. I wanted to sing the things that came out of my own heart. Mm. And I also would interpret other people's songs. Of course I would. and I'd yeah. grown up doing that, but... I was capable of writing. Mm. The fact that I was a woman somehow meant that, you know, maybe I I wasn't capable. That annoyed the hell out of me, Mm. but that was quickly disproved and shelved and you know, that was fine. The bigger hurdle, the one that really, really did cause problems was me knowing exactly what my vision was, how I wanted my records to sound, me thinking like a producer, female producers, extremely rare. Mm. And my mind worked in that way. I knew what the bass should do. I knew how the drums should be recorded, how they should sit in a mix. I knew where they should sit in the mix. I knew vocally what I wanted to do and where the backgrounds would go and I'd layer those up and whatever. To me, songs were a whole, the whole finished picture. But communicating that and getting that vision away, this is what I want my album to sound like.
0: Within the sort of 90s and, and, and dance music and all of that sort of thing, but also, you know, the sort of then the beginning of the girl band. and mm. There was a period where unless you were able to, in a sense, for want of a better way, sell yourself sexually,
1: mm-hmm.
0: you didn't get a look in. Did, yeah. did you find that it's like, we want you to wear this and you should have your hair like that and that doesn't look good or even the worst one is like we need you to lose some
1: weight the latter i had to be fair i had for health reasons i got a hold of myself in my mid-20s because mm. i'd been athletic my whole life when the success started to build i found it a bit much and terrible relationship and my weight started to i will not say balloon just put on weight mm. And then for my own health or my own sanity, thought, right, I want to get myself back to, you know, a good, healthy, strong way. I always wanted to look like I could do something, mm. not like a blinking stick. Mm. You know, I, I've always been athletic. But the whole idea of looking a certain way, having a certain aesthetic, yes, that was talked about. There were meetings about it, and you know. I remember I had my hair really, 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 really short, and that was an issue, and because I, it wasn't feminine enough, and you know th- those kinds of old school ways of thinking just permeated the whole the whole industry, and I and I went through that like every other female artist. Sex sells. I wanted to sell my music. Mm. The other stuff was secondary arbitrary mm. i didn't care about it but my focus was always music
0: so how long did it take you as an artist mm. for it to be about the music and nothing else
1: i guess that happened quickly but there was a sacrifice because my focus was so much on music i was stubborn mm. proper stubborn i knew what i wanted and i, I wasn't gonna deviate mm. from that, you know?
0: Do you think um, that affected the amount of support that you got?
1: Yes, that's what I was going to go on to say. That mm. was where the sacrifice came in. It was like, okay, you can do what you think and your vision and that, but I didn't have the budgets that others had. I didn't have the same kind of weren't attention. Because to toe the
0: traditional line. Because I didn't
1: line. want to do that whole... I didn't want to be in a production line, as I saw it, of women, especially doing R&B and soul music, who looked hot, really, you know, glitzy and all of that, and had bangers. um, Hits.
0: Hmm.
1: Um, (laughs) Thank you for clarifying. Uh Uh-huh. But you knew that in a year or two, you'd, you'd have to, think, oh, who was that singer again? What mm-hmm. was their name? Because they'd already, their time would have already gone. I knew I wanted to stay the course. I wanted to do music forever. And I knew the only way to do that was that people would focus on the music first. So there was a trade-off. Do I have a career where people focus on the music, but... I'm perhaps not everywhere like other artists are, like girl bands and that. You know, I don't have the same spend. I don't have the same focus and attention from labels on me and my career as we used to call it pushing the button, you know.
0: But do you ever regret not playing the game? No. Good. No. Because, I mean, the extraordinary thing about you is You've had this career that's just gone on and on and changed shape and moved. and You've mm-hmm. you branched out into musicals. You've yeah. d- done so many different things. Obviously, people recognise that because you got a doctorate from Wolverhampton from University.
1: Wolves. i got one in front of Brom now. <laughs>
0: yeah, they're just handing them the left, right, center to you. But, but, and an MBE. Yeah. Obviously, then, to control your own career, you set yeah. up your own record label in 2009.
1: Yes, that's right. Now that was because my deal with Parlophone came to an end again because I'm stubborn. I wanted to do what Mm. I wanted to do. I didn't want to re-sign to a label I'd been with for a long time at that point, but with a deal that gave me less control and less less artistry. And that isn't a disrespect to Parlophone. I think they are a magnificent label to this day. Mm. They are my, one of my most favorite labels because of their their musical output is extraordinary. I mean, they're the people who had the Beatles and Mm. Radiohead and, you know, bands I love. Beverly
0: Knight. (laughs) Me.
1: (laughs) They're just brilliant. But all labels were doing that because the revenue, the, the, the bottom had begun to fall out of the mm. music industry in terms of revenue, you know, downloading and all of that had come in.
0: And also they took away a lot of the uh, tax breaks that they used to be able to
1: do. That's right. So, so suddenly, the, where they were awash with money, they weren't anymore. Because mm. you so used they to be able were... to sign
0: an artist, spend a fortune on them, and then drop and them then and them get all the didn't... money back exactly, against tax. Exactly, exactly. Which happened to my wife seven yeah. times. There you go. She's the only oh. luckiest recording artist in history. She's never had a release. I mean, it's ever. mad.
1: It. Um, <laughs> and, and there are so many people hmm. who, were, who were in that boat. So I didn't want to sign what they call a 360 deal. Hmm. Where,
0: where you they know, just take
1: everything. Take everything. I mean, it's
0: fine if they sign you up to a 360 deal like Robbie Williams, where you get <laughs> 90 million up front and you go... Yeah, right, I'll do what you like for a few years. Yeah. Yeah, that's nice.
1: (laughs) But if you're not that kind of an artist, (laughs) then you're me. Mm. It just wasn't going to fly. So I thought, well, it's going to be hard, but I'll do this myself. I will release on my own label. And and I did. And it was so hard. Mm. Incredibly hard. You have to be resilient.
0: You do have a lovely, sunny temperament and a lovely way of engaging with people and connecting with people. But I always get a sense that, like, I wouldn't mess with you either. <laughs>
1: <laughs> you have to have a steely core. Mm. Resilience is everything in the music industry. You will not have a career without it. It just won't exist. Mm. You have to understand the... You don't have to understand all the ins and outs necessarily, but you have to understand... um it changes it develops technology comes in and will move the needle along and will change everything when i first started i was recording on reel to reel Mm. half inch and you know it was vinyl and cds and did you prefer that (laughs) yeah analog i did like the analog sound
0: because it is a different sound
1: completely different and the digital sound is fine because you can make it really clean and you can do a lot of things with digital but it can be so clean it's clinical and one thing you don't want music ever to be is clinical because that's not the point of it it's
0: stopping that person pressing that button which smooths it all out automatically Mm -hmm. or digitally I mean if you know music you can hear when that's been done to someone's voice and it's actually a really You know, disconnected, horrible sound.
1: Yeah, I don't like compression on my vocal. I'm always telling sound engineers, back the compression off, take it off, don't like it. I'm old school, I will work the mic. When I hit a high note, I'll stand away. When I Mm. need to whisper, I'll come in. Mic technique. I've got mic technique. Mm. Let me just do my thing.
0: We're going to move to your final spoon now. Oh! So it's time for you to put on
1: the blindfold. Put on the blindfold again.
0: Once again, I want you to describe textures, mm. flavours, mm-hmm. and what's going on. You might need to open quite wide for this one. There we go. There's in you go. Mm-hmm. And let me know what you're getting there. Mm. This will be a test of your mm. of, of your palate. Any mm. flavours? Oh, hold on. Where are we going now?
1: I think I've eaten something that I wouldn't typically eat. <laughs>
0: You might be right. What would that be?
1: I think I've eaten a pea or two, because mm-hmm. it's sweet.
0: hmm
1: It's interesting.
0: <laughs> what about the protein there? What do you think was with mm. the potentially peas we couldn't say at this stage?
1: I don't actually know what it is because I'm just tasting peas.
0: Just peeping. Whip the blindfold off now. Come on. Mm. So that was a pan-fried oh, scallop God. with crushed it- peas
1: scallop of course it was Mm.
0: hold on i've got to ask you hmm what is not to like about peas what have you got wrong with peas there's nothing wrong with peas Mm -mm. what's wrong with you
1: that wouldn't have been my dish that would not have been my dish i was like
0: but peas are sweet they're lovely why do you not like peas as
1: soon as i was eating i was like oh god
0: but they've got to be the least offensive vegetable in the world everybody says
1: it i don't like them
0: what have they ever <laughs> done to do? you? Like oh, well, look, mm. I can get rid of the taste of that because down here I've got some Welsh rarebit, which is something else. Oh, no, that's buy. more like it. So you can you can get rid of the taste of the peas with with with, oh, with, with a mouthful of that.
1: That's more like it. Yeah, peas and um, mm, yeah, scallops, mm, nicer.
0: Like, oh. Yeah, scallops, lovely.
1: Yeah, that was yeah. nice. I couldn't think what it was because I just kept tasting pea. I was like. Nice. <laughs>
0: So, we haven't changed your mind no. about peas. <laughs> well, I tell you what, you have that mm. as an apology for the peas. <laughs> but you know, I can't thank you enough for taking part.
2: Oh, it's a pleasure.
0: And it's been great to have you on, and I wish you just all the continued success in the world. Thank I hope you. Sister Act goes well. I'll be buying a ticket. I'll be, se- I'll be seeing you perform... At Carfest as well, which yes, I'm really looking forward to. That's, that's going to be always a great. great, it's great so event. Great.
1: You know. It's so great. Sister Act's going to be brilliant. I can't wait to get back in the habit. Mm-hmm. And Carfest will be magnificent, as we know. I and mean, we it, know that.
0: And then you've got what's the date on the Royal Albert Hall? And
1: then Albert Hall is, I want to say, the 23rd of September.
0: You are absolutely right.
1: Oh, there you go. And then
0: you're at the Wolverhampton Hall the next home. day. And you finish off at the Cardiff Utilita. Arena on the 26th yep. and also on top of all of that, yeah, you've got a new single out, which yes. is
1: not prepared not for you. Not prepared
0: for you, which is off. Now, what so, number album is this?
1: This is because it's called the
0: fifth chapter. It's called
1: the fifth chapter, but the album's actually the ninth album.
0: The ninth album,
1: the ninth studio album. Mad, isn't it? Oh. Mad. The, <laughs> the fifth chapter. I,
0: I recommend anybody go and buy it. I've heard it. Yeah, was very kindly invited me to the launch so yeah. but it's just a fantastic career that continues to go from strength to strength they describe you as the queen of British soul, <laughs> you're just the queen of soul Oh, universally queen of soul, <laughs> thank you so much for taking part today
1: it's my pleasure, thank you <laughs>
0: Unfortunately, that's it for Spooning this week, but we will, of course, be back with another special guest, feeding them the food they think they love and the food that they think they hate. Until then, just a massive thanks to Jamie Shears and the team here at the Mount Street Restaurant. If you like what we're doing here, you can find us wherever you get your podcasts and try subscribing. Maybe leave us a five-star review, but also you can follow us on our socials at Spooning with Mark Wogan across TikTok, Instagram, the whole lot. And you can also see all of this on YouTube. So, engage, get involved, maybe like what we're doing. But either way, until next week, stay beautiful. (laughs) Spooning by me, Mark Wogan, is proudly sponsored by Gressingham Duck. If, like me, you're always hungry for a hassle-free meal that are bursting with flavour, then Gressingham Duck is made for you. From their juicy breasts to flavorful legs, Gressingham Duck offers a variety of cuts that will elevate your weekday meals or simply act as the perfect end-of-week treat. So, I have a proposal for you. This weekend, why not dine in with Duck instead? I challenge you to save your pennies on Chinese takeaway and head to your nearest supermarket and pick up Gressingham's half-aromatic crispy duck and pancakes or level up one and see for yourself just how easy it is to prepare restaurant-standard duck breast in the comfort of your own home. You can thank me later. To kickstart your love affair with one of the tastiest meats on the market, you can go to www.gressinghamduck.com .co.uk today and download their free recipe booklet for all the best cooking tips, recipes and general inspiration. That's www.gressinghamduck.co.uk